morning, contrarians. Friday morning, June 10th, right around 6.30 a.m. And it is CPI day, consumer price inflation. The consumer price index report drops at 8.30. This is the major event of today, the major event of the week. And stock futures are so far quiet ahead of this. We have tech down a little bit. The NASDAQ is pointing to a drop of just about three-tenths of one percent of the open. S&P 500 futures are flat, and Dow Industrials are up about two-tenths of one percent. So very little action there. Bonds are completely flat. Ten-year is trading around three percent, and the two-year at 2.86, both unchanged. Commodities aren't doing much either. WTI crude oil is up about a half of a percent to trade around $122 a barrel. That is a fresh multi-year high, but again, very little movement there as well. Cryptos are dropping a bit. Bitcoin is down 1.6% to trade back below the $30,000 level again, 29300 or so. All right, so... The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics today at 8.30 releases the Consumer Price Index figures for May. And the important numbers here are the year-over-year percentage gains for the CPI, the headline number, and the core CPI, which excludes food and energy costs. And the consensus estimates here from economists, which is referred to as a survey number, this is what is most important here when it comes to markets. And the numbers that to look for here are 8.3% for headline CPI and 5.9% for the core. Last month, those were 8.3% and 6.2%. So the headline number will be unchanged from April, but the core CPI would be declining a bit. Now, it's worth pointing out here that these consensus numbers are what is important to markets, okay? There's going to be a lot of Sturm und Drang, which is a German word loosely translated as mad drama, around inflation today regardless. These these are going to be news stories like inflation near a 40-year high and things like that. These headlines have already been written. The news stories have already been written. I know this, I've done it myself, and you just need to fill in the numbers. But the point of these stories is not to inform anybody, least of all markets, which will all have, you know, will be reacting to it immediately, but just to shock in an attempt to get clicks, okay? Don't fall for it. The survey numbers are what matters, and the year-over-year figures, there's month-over-month too, but the year-over-year figures are the most important. And again, these are 8.3%. And 5.9% for headline and core CPI, respectively. So that is what matters. Whether inflation is at or near a 40-year high or whatever is irrelevant. The markets will react based on how those numbers come in. Now, as repeatedly pointing out in this space also, economists are usually pretty good at predicting these CPI figures. I included a table here. The last two years of these... So that means 24 reports, and there have just been six times where the estimate missed by three-tenths of a percent by um, 0.3 percentage points or more for the core CPI. Um, and uh, I included the chart that, that marks them out. Now, of these six, so that what that's that's a quarter of the time 
that it missed by more than than a, a, an insignificant number. Now, of those three of those six misses came last spring, um, May, June, and July of 2021, and that was when we had sur- um, stimulus checks leading to a spike in spending and therefore prices, and that was ahead, well ahead of what economists were expecting. A fourth miss was after the Russian invasion of Ukraine this winter, late winter, early spring. So that means that the, the, these are without any major external shocks like this. Most of these estimates, that would be 21 of the 24, are pretty much bang on the money or they miss by about you know 10 or 20 basis points. And investors know this. I'm not the only one who's figured this out, I guarantee you. So any deviance from the survey number will likely lead to a violent reaction in markets today. And this will be especially true if this number somehow exceeds the estimates. If we see headline inflation above 8.3% and the core above 5.9. And we, the reason for this is that we've been hearing about peak inflation for a while. And indeed the numbers do appear to bear this out. So if it returns, if you have growth again, then that would put a bunch of pressure on the Fed to raise interest rates again. So that is that is the calculus on that. I'll talk about that more in a minute in the bottom line. But uh, also to tell you another important, pretty important report to tell you about today that's going to be overshadowed in all likelihood by the CPI. That's the University of Michigan preliminary consumer sentiment reading for June. And that's out at 10. The, the University of Michigan does a couple of these each month. This is the first one. And the most important one, because it's preliminary, the second one is basically just a confirmation. But anyway, look for that at 10 o'clock. Um, the consensus, I can tell you, is for a reading of 58, and even 58, that will be slightly below last month's 58.4. But uh, the, there's a bunch of other metrics, and more importantly, commentary about what consumers are saying. So this could be important. Look for that, too. But again, it will be likely likely to be overshadowed by the CPI. The bottom Line. Well, the question is, could the CPI spike higher in May and lead to all kinds of problems? You better hope not, because the selling would be quite dramatic. And the reason is that this would be something that would put the fear of the Fed back into markets. All right. There have not been any external shocks that come to mind. So if there is a miss on this, that's major at all. If the core CPI goes back above 6.3, then you can expect all hell to break loose, basically, because this will mean that inflation is more high, uh, more, more stubborn than markets had been basically giving it credit for. And it will put more pressure on the Fed to keep their foot on the gas pedal of higher interest rates of interest rate rate hikes. What that does is make it, it makes borrowing more expensive and that ends up crimping economic activity. Just about all recessions, maybe even all for all I know, start with this kind of removal of liquidity. At least if you go back to World War II, I believe. So that's why investors are nervous about this. And that's why these inflation readings are so important, right? And Many, there's still a tug of war going on here. You have many investors still holding out hope that the U.S. can kind of have a soft landing here and avoid recession or maybe just have a, a technical recession that isn't really all that, uh, that uh, dramatic. This rarely happens when the Fed tightens like this, but there is often a lag of a year or more 
between the time that the Fed starts tightening interest rates and the onset of recession. And you can look to the period, several of them, but most notably 2004 through 2006 and into early 2007, the Fed was tightening every single quarter. Might have even been every month. I can't remember, but it was a, if you look at the chart, it was like a steady ladder going up and the economy didn't really react until 2007, that summer. Um, and later that year, the Fed had to loosen. But so that, so there you have it, the major, major lag going on there. You had the same thing happen in, from 2015 to 2017 or 18. But this time has been different and, but that's partly because inflation has actually been high this time. These other events, like inflation was not that, uh, dramatic maybe. But anyway, so that's the calculus with this. Again, the survey number is what, what is important. Now, if the actual numbers come short of estimates, then you can expect there to be potentially a relief rally for the same reasons, right? It removes the pressure on the Fed to tighten interest rates and means that inflation is indeed, has indeed peaked probably and is retreating. Again, I wouldn't expect a major deviation from this, but even if it's like two tenths of 1%, like even if it's, we get 5.7% core, right? That could be good, be, should be greeted as good news by the market and will likely lead to buying. So it's, it's, it's all, that's all it comes down to. It's quite that simple. Speaking of the Fed, they do meet next week, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. This is what this is all about. There's been very little action this week. Otherwise, it's been one of the quietest weeks in memory. And that is all likely to change now in a little less than two hours. So we'll know more then. Um, and that's what we have today. I've gone on for quite a bit, much longer than I normally do. But that's just to put this all in context. Hope you can appreciate this. This is free, this one. Um, and these are normally not this long. But like I said, it's a big day. So with that, I thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening. And with that, I look forward to speaking to you, to premium subscribers again on Monday. If you want to sign up, you should. There are links here in the show note for you to do that. And that's all we got. Have a great weekend. Look forward to speaking to you on Monday. Bye.